god. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Joe. And I am Matt. And, and this, this is, is Queers with Queries. <laughs> Switching it up on you guys today. Switching so today we wanted to talk about music because finally Spotify wrapped for 2020 is here, signifying the very end of 2020. Finally, it's been a rough year. So Matt, what did your Spotify wrapped look like? Like, honestly, from... First of January this year, I have been counting down, waiting for my Spotify wrapped. And I honestly don't even know (laughs) if it's accurate to what I genuinely would have listened to because I think I was trying to influence it. (laughs) (laughs) And I 100% made my top song of this year. In fact, my top five songs straight from Six the Musical. Number one, ex-wives. Number two, no way. Number three, don't lose your head. (laughs) What about yours? (laughs) Okay. So I did not know that Spotify wrapped was a thing because I only got Spotify this year. Yeah, I know. I just live under a rock. Um, (laughs) So my top song was... Oh, let's have a look at my top few songs. So my top song was Parting is Such Sweet Sorrow from the soundtrack of the Romeo and Juliet movie. Um, the, the real old one, not the one by Baz Luhrmann. Um, the next one is a, a choral piece called Spring Rain. And then the next one is uh, Alexis French, Bluebird. Uh, just piano. Oh, and then there's Mitski, Last Words of a Shooting Star. Um, and I don't know what the fifth one is. It's called Crazier, but I can't even remember who that's by. So honestly, who knows? (laughs) And somehow it was in your top list. (laughs) Honestly, how did I know that I wasn't going to know any of your top songs? (laughs) Well, here's the thing, right? Like my Spotify wrapped is a little, um, it makes me sound like an old person. Um, it does. Yes. (laughs) Mine is, I'm, I'm looking through mine and it's like. Okay, pop, musical theatre, yeah, he's a young gay. <laughs> <laughs> mine, I don't know, mine makes me look like either a boomer or like one of those elitists who, who's like, I don't really listen to pop music. But really, it's just because I like to have my Spotify on in the background while I'm reading or like writing essays. And what I focus best to is like classical mm. music. <laughs> um, classical music. So, well, so please... like my top... My top genres were classical performance, classical piano, pop, neo-mellow, and then the fifth one is called adult standards. And I was like, the fuck is an adult standard? I googled it, and apparently it's literally just the words that they give to music that's targeted towards old people. And I was like, okay, so it's not actually got anything to do with what the music sounds like. It's literally just that it's targeted towards old people. And I was like, work. (laughs) Adult standards. Oh my god. Well, at least you had pop Shady. mingled in there, so you're not entirely old. <laughs> yes. My, I think my categories were like, it was like number one, show tunes, then pop, and then Broadway. Which, what's the difference between Broadway and show tunes? I don't know, but there's two separate no categories idea. for it, yeah. apparently. Mm. <laughs> uh, well, I think we're, we're, we're fairly different, which I thought we would be kind of similar. But of course, no, no, I didn't. No, of course I didn't. Yeah. (laughs) You studied Latin in uni. Like, of course it was going to be classical. That's actually, okay, here's the thing. I studied Latin for the credits because it gave me more credits than, you know, a standard subject. But um, I found after studying Latin that I finally understood some of the classical music that I listened to. And I was like, work, this is a lot, like, this is lyrically a lot more simple than I thought it was. (laughs) Lyrically a lot more simple. You sound like one of those like YouTube music reviewers and they'll be like li- doing an album react and they're like, mm. like lyrically, lyrically I am feeling this song, but like sonically the production just isn't there. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and they just fucking <laughs> use those three words on cycle throughout the whole lyrically, video. sonically, thematically. <laughs> Production. Production. <Bass>. Vocals. <laughs> the run. Wait. 
<laughs> I, I'm just gonna have like that lethargic vocal fry gay voice and like pretend to be uh, reviewing an album. Um, Beyonce Sasha Fierce is kind of like, I get it lyrically, but sonically, it doesn't quite match up with what she's trying to say. And like, the production is good, but I feel like it's a little bit shallow thematically. It's just one dimensional. Oh my God. <laughs> I gave it a listen to, like, on my first listen, I really vibed with it because I was so excited for a Beyonce album. But you're right, the themes, the themes, the themes, they just weren't there. I'd had a check out at who produced this album. And Beyonce's changed producers. And I don't know. I don't know if that's going to impress her fans. It didn't impress me. Look, (laughs) I don't know if she's trying to pull some sort of Gaga art pop shit, but it didn't work for me. All right. And I'm putting my I'm putting my pen down. I'm putting my earphones down. Rip. I love that you changed accents halfway through. You were like, maybe this appeals more to the fantasy when I'm American. Yeah. <laughs> it's always American for me. Oh my god. <laughs> um, but no drag to the L- art pop album. That's my favorite Gaga album. Yeah, it's weird because it feels like Gaga really put a lot into art pop and it seems like that was kind of like her baby. But yes. then it did it it didn't do very well, and then she came back and like stopped trying so hard. Literally, didn't even bother with music videos for um for cheek to cheek, and just won a ton of AMAs for it, which she totally deserved it. Vocally, that entire album was insanely good. I was so impressed. Sorry, what was that? Vocally, vocally. I mean, thematically, lyrically production (laughs) (laughs) i mean like i know in cheek to cheek gaga was trying to do something different explore her voice not use auto-tune as much but auto-tune is what defines and gives her music artistic depth (laughs) i want that electronic sound Oh, I'm always looking for that sound from Gaga and it just wasn't there for me in Cheek to Cheek. Hmm. <laughs> looking for that sound. You really do watch these videos, huh? Because I don't watch them, so I've just be- been making it up on the spot. But it feels like you really have watched these videos of these gays reviewing <laughs> albums. <laughs> that is that is my... Well, the thing is, last year I, w- I lived under a rock in terms of music. And then right. this year I'm like, I've started working full time and so I'm like, you know, I can't get through a day unless I'm listening to something. So I've just, I don't know. It is all the knowledge has just come into my brain now. And now all my YouTube recommendation is just like album reviews. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, and I will, I want, it will be like 45 minutes. I will watch them listen to each fucking song <laughs> and they're like, and they'll stop and they'll go, Oh my God. Okay, stop, 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 stop. Oh my God. <laughs> Is this legal? <laughs> oh my fuck! Did Gaga just do that? Like the gays? Ah, uh, sure. She, really, she scalped me. She really knows what the gays want. <laughs> she scalped me. She snatched my wig. She could have just asked for it. <laughs> my edges. She's stolen them. Oh my god! But to be honest, like I'm trying to. I I like Chromatica, the new album. Yeah. I'm. I, I enjoy some of I enjoy most of the songs, but it's not my it's not my favorite. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's the common that is the kind of the common thoughts around it. But anyway, yeah. it's really funny watching little monsters as as we call ourselves um, <laughs> <laughs> react to the album and being like, "No, it's good. It's good. I it's good. It's fantastic. It's fine. Everything is fine." <laughs> <laughs> speaking of you being a little monster who would you say are your favorite artists Mm. and like also yeah um follow-up question to that who would you say you're keeping your eye on as like an emerging artist oh my god okay so well my favorite is my favorites are like lady gaga and miley cyrus and but at the moment um i mean she's not really emerging she's like fully blown popular at the moment, but who I think is going to be really fucking popular in the future is Dua Lipa. 
Right. Yeah. I didn't give her like a chance much until last week because I just kind of thought she was like just the TikTok, the TikTok girl (laughs) who's like, because all of her songs are pretty much a TikTok trend. And so I was like, oh, no, I don't want to listen to this. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I gave it Future Nostalgia is an excellent album. And I I think I started the the Grammy nominations came out. So I, I was... I was, I was like, oh, and she got a lot of Grammy nominations. So I was like, I better check this out. And yeah. fuck, she's really good. So that is my kind of top three at the moment, at least. What yeah. about you? Well, my favorite artists, um, in terms of like favorite artists, oh God, there are so many. Um, Lady Gaga is definitely up there. Beyonce is also definitely up there because I'm a gay, like a gays, if it's not Lady Gaga and Beyonce, what are you doing? Um, who, who else is up there? There's a Korean like gospel singer named um, So Young, who is Ooh. really good. I just like, I stand her. Um, there's a Filipino singer named Morissette Amon. Um, in terms of like classical like composers, my favorite has to be Tchaikovsky. He's just like everything he does is high, like it's just high femme, like the most femme. Like, <laughs> bitch, I don't know how I didn't realize that he was gay when I was a little kid. But Mama Tchaikovsky names his songs things like "The Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy." I'm like, of course he's gay. <laughs> um, what was his name? Sh- Sh- Tchaikovsky. Tchaikovsky. Yes. Um, um, yes, he is. Would great. you say he's like? Is he underrated or is he? Is he popular? I don't. don't I just don't know it. He's very, very popular. Like you've definitely one hundred percent heard things by Tchaikovsky, even if you don't know it. Um, you know the do 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 do. Oh, that's him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Also, that you you said something. Somebody what Morizet Armon? I don't uh, know. Yeah. Just Morizet reminded me of. Is her name Alana Morizet? Uh, Al- oh uh, Alanis Morissette. Yes. Oh my god! I was listening yeah. to her the other day. Yeah, she's you a good time. Oh. <laughs> um. Uh, in terms of emerging artists, mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, my favorites right now. Um, from the US, I think, oh, she might be Canadian. Um, I can't remember, but there's this girl named Fauzia who is super, super talented, just Mm. insane. Um, who I think is going to do really well. She recently, like, so she's kind of like been one of those people who's like kind of, um, people know her on YouTube, but not anywhere else. Um, but recently she did a duet with John Legend. So hoping that that, you know, puts her on the map. Um, because she's so insanely talented. She deserves a lot of success. Um, in terms of, like, other emerging artists, I really believe in, like, supporting local Australian artists because they just don't get the time of day um, in terms of, like, you know, becoming popular artists. It's, so it's, it's so unfair. They kind of hit a standstill, um, like, kind of like a max popularity, and it's... Um, yeah. Yeah, they don't get much reach outside of Australia, which is really disappointing because... yeah. I don't know. I think we're changing the game a lot here. Yeah. Um, so in terms of emerging artists, my favorite ones right now are Sania. Mm-hmm. Um, she's from Melbourne. Um, Miss Lizzie and the Night Owls, also from Melbourne. Um, Odette. I'm not sure if she's from Melbourne or not. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, like so many great artists in Australia. Like go support them, plus. Um, <laughs> yes. I really like. But speaking of uh, Australian, oh, oh, sorry, what was that? Um, yeah, in terms of my favorite Australian artists, um, Kate Milahaki, of course. <gasps> yes. And her Always. her most recent album is excellent. It's called Child in Reverse, and she has yeah some really good songs on that, like li- little little roots, little shoots, um, and people pleaser, and yeah, deluded. I don't know she's really excellent. And also there's an artist called Eilish Gilligan. Um, yeah, I don't know. Also really yes. beautiful voice. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, check her out. Check her out. I think I saw her as, like, she was supporting 
hacked at for Japanese wallpaper and that I ended up, I didn't even know who Japanese wallpaper was, but I ended up going some random story and I ended up at his little concert and she was there and I was like, oh, I must have listened to her. Yes. Um, <laughs> but as you were going to go on, uh, speaking of Australian artists. Yes. Um, who are always underrated. Um, who are some like underrated like artists or in fact, what are some underrated albums or songs as well? Ooh, look, to be honest, I think my, <laughs> my music t- taste isn't wildly <laughs> niche. <laughs> yeah. So like apart from like, I'm just looking through my kind of popular songs, like apart from Kate Miller, Heike is, is n- I think she's underrated and should be more popular than she is. Otherwise, like, I don't know. My music taste isn't broad enough to know small little underrated artists yet. What about you? Okay. I have a thing. These people aren't unknown, but they're underrated in terms of, like, sales and, like, people supporting them and buying their tickets and whatever and people buying their songs and streaming them. And it makes me so angry because I'm like, is this racist? What is this? Um, Mm. The first one, Jennifer Hudson. Oh, right. Yes. So insanely talented. She is like probably one of my favorite singers of all time. But Mm. like it it really seems like she just doesn't get the time of day. Like honestly. I I never hear about Jennifer Hudson. Yeah, Yeah, unfortunately. Um, Does she have an, like, when was her last album? uh, Very, very, very recently. Um... I can't remember. I remember listening to a couple of songs on it, but it was, I think, it was late 2010s. It was, like, 2016 or 17. Um, So quite, quite recent. Mm. Um, But I think it's also because she kind of occupies that space of, like, like Broadway musical theatre musicals, stuff like that um, as well. And I feel like we, yeah, if you're famous on Broadway, I don't know, they don't seem to make it into mainstream music apart from like, I don't know, they make a Christmas album or something. And then I don't know. But like, here's, but here's the thing with Jay Hud though, because it's not like she exclusively dabbles in like musicals like she does all the other things too it's just that it seems like the only thing that she gets recognition for is the musicals mm, mm. um it's was, yeah it's it's a shame <laughs> was jayhud on on broadway what was did she originate i feel like she was recently um i just can't remember what it was in um another artist who i think is underrated is um alex newell he played um, uh, they played Unique in Glee. Oh, yeah. They were also recently on Broadway uh, for, I think it was something Island. Um, once on remember. this island. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it was Once on this island. <laughs> I have um, I have all of Alex Newell's EP on my phone. They are just so ooh, good. I'm, I'm just checking them out now and oh, damn. Oh, hold on. I didn't realize that they released music, so I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to listen to, l- listen to them later. Um, they were also on Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Mm, yeah. Um, I've just had a look at his website. Apparently he uses he, him pronouns. Um, so, oops oh. on that. Oh, okay. um, yeah. Um, but. Yes, do support him. Uh, just really great singer. Like, the high range on him is insane. Like, yeah. Did he um, stay, stick around for a while on Glee? Oh, yeah. He was like yeah, a... He was, on, he, he was right one of the... End, right? Yeah. Um, mm. um, another one of my favorite, like, underrated artists, I think, is um, Annika Noni Rose as well. Mm. Um, I think we talked about her a little bit yesterday. Um, for those of you who may not recognize her name, you certainly will recognize her voice when you hear it because it's such a beautiful, like, marketable voice um, that she plays a bunch of different things. She does a lot of characters, voices like, uh, you know, Disney princesses, but she never gets any um, 
any recognition. Um, so she played Laurel in Dreamgirls. Um, she also uh, voiced Tiana in uh, Princess and the Frog, the Disney version. Um, mm. What else did she oh. do? She was in she was in a, a Christmas musical recently. Um, yeah, like she's she's done a lot. It's just a shame that people don't know her. Uh, yeah, I because she doesn't really ring a bell. But then I look in her like at everything she's done, and she's in so much, and I can't believe that I haven't, yeah, n- noticed her before. Um, yeah, which is she has which like, is really yeah, yeah. It's so insane to me that she ended up playing Laurel on the Dreamgirls, and Laurel is the one who doesn't get like a whole bunch of like good vocal like parts but she is vocally so insanely good that you're like what is happening here but then again she was performing alongside Beyonce and and you know (laughs) J-Hud and they're they're like insane as well you know who's also amazing Aurora um as in Aurora in as oh the the little girl right not the little girl. She's like from Norway. I think it's Norway. Yeah, and I like I, I know who you're talking about. I always thought she was a little girl. Why do I think she's a little girl? That's so funny. She like um does that song like Animal um and Concrete Jungle. Yeah. She does like these these kind of like mallowed out covers of songs as well that kind of have like a folk kind of vibe to them. Mm, I'm a big fan of folk music. Um, like that is the sh- shit I listen to in the bath and, or like Celtic tunes. Yeah. Get me some Lorena <laughs> McKenna. Take me to the hills. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, Aurora, apparently she was in Frozen 2. She's the voice that goes, Ooh. Speaking of Frozen, the gays. Oh my God. So- the gays. If like to be honest, like here I am, kind of being out of my depth in terms of talking about, like, indie music, classical music, even a little bit of pop music. I can't talk much about, but get me on the topic <laughs> of musical theater, Frozen, Disney, <laughs> Broadway, yes. all up my alley. But more generally, the gays do love. <laughs> they seem to swing to. Three similar topics, and it's 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 pop, it's musical theater, and I'm gonna say Eurovision as well. <laughs> yeah, like the gays just kind of gravitate towards, like within pop music, pop divas especially. Oh yes. So who who are we thinking? Ariana Grande. Yes. Mariah um, Carey. Yes. Britney Spears. Uh yeah. Okay. Is she a diva? I feel like Britney doesn't give off that diva energy. I feel like she's like a high energy performer. Right. And she gives that kind of fantasy that's kind of the same as a drag queen where they're not really singing, but like they like the the pageantry, the theater of it all is so is so like intense and exaggerated and like like it's it's almost to the point of like being camp where you're mm. like, "Oh my god, like I love this. I live for this anyway." But I don't think she's really like a diva. Did she ever genuinely sing live? I feel like she probably did at the start of the career, uh, at the start of her career. Mm. But like, she's done some pretty iconic things, like the you know the snake thing. Like now that's just become synonymous with Britney. Wait, what's the snake thing? You know, performing with a snake wrapped around you on stage. Oh, oh my god! Wait, I did. I didn't realize. Yeah, of course she did that. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, so she's kind of like. She, I feel like she really brings the the. Th- the theatrics of performance, but I don't really think of her as a diva. Do you think of her as a diva? Uh, I guess like a diva is like, if you have a fucking sensational whistle tone voice and you strut your stuff and know you're great. I don't know. I don't see her as that. She doesn't have that sort of personality, but what attracts me about Britney is that her songs are just so much fun to dance to. Like (laughs) that's so true. Like, I'm, yes, of course, like, I follow the artistry as well and, like, celebrate good good songwriters, but Britney is a performer and I, like... Leave Britney alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm a 
slave for you. For you. <laughs> <laughs> I do a really good Britney impression. Hold on. Okay. Oh, baby, baby, how was I supposed to know? Uh, something right here. Oh, baby, baby, I said you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, whoa, 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 whoa. That was good. That was like literally. Brittany, is that you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but Brittany, I don't know. To me, I don't think she's a diva. To me, the divas are uh, Lady Gaga, Beyonce, Ariana, Mariah, Whitney, Celine Dion, mm. Aretha Franklin. Um, but Aretha, like Aretha, I would like. I don't think she's a pop diva, but I think she's a diva. Yeah, because even like you said. Lady Gaga, I wouldn't say she's a diva. Like, to me, like, diva has such, like, kind of negative connotations almost. Well, here's the thing. There's, okay, so diva comes from the word, like, it's a, it's derived from prima donna, um, Mm. which was used in the ballet world to say, like, the, the essentially the first lady of, of, like, a dance company. (laughs) <laughs> or a dance troupe. Um, so it, like, it, in its rawest form, um, a diva is a woman who is at the top of her game performance-wise. Mm. Um, but I think over the years, people have just kind of, like, clouded that word and, like, clouded the meaning of the word and said, oh, it means, like, a, a, a you know, temperamental singer as well. Right, which I mean, yeah, I guess because if I think diva, I just think Mariah Carey, and then like she to me is like kind of the definition of diva, and then all the other divas are almost like not below her, but I don't know she sets the the, the definition. She sets of, the diva bar. <laughs> she sets the diva bar, and I'm like, mm, I don't want to put Lady Gaga and uh, Mariah in the same <laughs> the same yeah. pool there. Yeah, but I gotcha. Um, in Ariana Grande, I'm, I didn't give much of a chance either, but she's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But gays, we really love our divas. Why do you think we love our divas? Why do I think that is? Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think it's because we want to be that. I don't know. Personally, <laughs> that's my dream. I want to voice that high want to in my soul, but. Nothing's coming out. <laughs> That's why we yeah. take to lip syncing. When a raindrops and falls. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I think part of it is that we want to be them. But also I think pop divas just bring a level of performance that a lot of other artists don't. And gays love a spectacle. I love a spectacle because yeah. like I don't know, all of all of the, the divas that we just mentioned, they are it's very like empowerment this is me like i'm gonna fucking wear my charms and have my awesome whistle tone voice and like no one can come through me like yeah. no it's pride it's pride yeah like it's like the divas just kind of have this like this showmanship that's like bordering on like drag queen energy uh, where the gays live for the spectacles that they serve. Like, because gays love a spectacle. That's literally what, pr- like, pride parades are. It's a spectacle. Um, but, like, if you think about all of those divas, they will walk onto stage in a beautiful, beautiful gown, except mm. Ariana, who walks onto stage in a beautiful, beautiful bodysuit, usually beaded and stoned and all of that, like a drag queen. And they sing these, like, high, high songs uh, where their voices are so high that we sing them like two octaves down and we we, we can keep up with it then. Uh, and <laughs> they, they you know, uh, give these high-energy performances. Like the, the pop divas, they're literally drag queens. They are literally drag queens, except they actually sing instead of lip-syncing. I mean, that's who, that's who is always invited as ju- guest judges on RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. It's like they may not be drag queens, but they know the trade. They're wearing wigs. They're they're wearing really high stiletto heels. They're you know like they they get it. Oh, for sure. And like oh, 
Just like the way they, yeah, they strut the red carpet and like just wearing whatever they, they want. And like, that is the dream that a drag queen, not to say like that's what a drag queen is trying to be because drag is entirely different. But in a sense, it's like kind of living that fantasy when you get into drag. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think that. On the, on the red carpet. Yeah, I like, I think that that's just like our our connection with divas we're like oh my god like they're what i want to be and somehow they they understand us because their their job their they're like their job is essentially to serve the spectacles that we kind of love also ariana like seems to i don't know if it, is it appropriate to because i think we mentioned that she's kind of like a white person of color, but her music's all very <laughs> R&B. Is a white person allowed to do R&B? Look, my thing with that, and, like, again, I am not African-American, so, like, my my opinion is not the be-all or end-all of all of this. But here's the thing. I don't think any one race can have a claim to any type of music. Mm. That's, like... That's, to me, that's a little bit, like, uh, too much. Um, Unless it's specifically, like, music of, like, very uh, obvious cultural significance. Whereas R&B, it's kind of been diffused into pop for so long that it's become a part of, like, a mainstream, like, pop fixture. Do you know what I mean? Right. That's what I think I haven't been, like, haven't understood. I always thought just R&B was a style specific to African-Americans, not... Well, here's, here, here is a little a little R&B pop history thing, right? So, um, basically, uh, when African-American people were taken to... Uh, well, when African people were taken to the US and, you know, other places as slaves, um, they had their own, you know, music... Um, and that was, you know, like the music that they, that they sang as slaves to help them get through the day in the fifties and sixties, you know, as that music they brought with them, it began to integrate into mainstream music, except with the styles that the styles and themes that they already had within, you know, uh, gospel and soul, um, including like certain vocal techniques like melisma. Uh, so that's like, it's basically where you sing like a sequence of notes quickly. It's like, uh, yeah. Whenever you sing, a, whenever you hear a singer do that, that's melisma. They got it from African-American people. Like, um, but, uh, yeah. Um, and then within that, after that, um, after they were freed and then they had their own kind of like popular music, that's when like R&B kind of like was developed. But the thing with R&B is that um, it was considered race music, which is basically the word that white people used for um, any music that was produced and sang by African-American people. Um, And it was kind of looked down upon and people thought of it as like dirty. They thought of it as like lesser um until and like again white savior here uh but you know he he played quite an important role so like no disrespect to him but that was when uh elvis presley came along and basically did the same kind of things that you know a lot of black artists at the time like uh who who would i say i wouldn't say little richie little richie was a little bit um too far out of left field for elvis um uh, who's that guy who's saying, oh, I can't remember. Basically, he did a whole bunch of things that black artists had already done, and white people ate that shit up. They were like, yes, Elvis, we love you, work, oh my god. Well, uh, like, some people didn't like his hip gyration, some people thought he was too sexy, um, but overall, he did things that black artists did, and white people ate it up, and that kind of like, and and then it was the Beatles as well, who who did certain things that black people did, um, and got praised for it. And between a whole bunch of white artists who did things that the black artists did, black artists eventually kind of, uh, were able to come into the mainstream, but the, the, the kind of, uh, I guess cost of that, but it's not really a cost was those white artists doing things that black artists were already doing and getting praised for it. And that's how R and B and 
so-called race music kind of diffused into pop music. So, like, they're intrinsically tied together. Like, you can't separate them. So I don't think it's wrong for a white artist to use R&B elements because that's just the pop kind of formula. Um, but uh, in terms of, like, people who... I, I think there are certain things that should be off-limits. Um, white people singing... Um, so-called, like, again, th these aren't my words, these these are the actual terms for it, white people who sing Negro spirituals, um, which is essentially a certain kind of, like, gospel music, I think that that's off-limits, because that is actually, like, culturally salient, and it's not part of the mainstream mm. pop culture. Well, there you go. I think I've just... Yeah, because... Uh, <laughs> ah! I've learned something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, wait. I need to find my voice after just hearing Joe talk. <laughs> history um, lesson. History lesson. I'm like, my vocal cords have gone to sleep. They're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do love our pop divas. The difference between R and B, yeah. Um, yeah. Also, I think there's like, I honestly think that we should have a distinction, like in in the music industry, between singers and like almost like total package performers i guess because yeah. sometimes i think about this and i'm like taylor swift has never been like a vocal standout but songwriting wise she is insanely Insane. good she is yeah. insanely good at songwriting um and you yeah. know i know that she does like but she she kind of like oversees her own production and like makes production choices too um, which yeah, is so impressive. She's um, so fucking talented. Like she, like I'm, su yeah, I'm surprised we didn't haven't mentioned her already because she's, I think probably the most popular pop star in the world. I think she's the highest earning pop star. Oh, wow. Um, I think Beyonce's number two. Beyonce used to be probably number one, hmm. but she, she's fucking popular. L she knows how to take to the stage. She knows how to work an audience. Her songs are like, Yeah detailed yeah. um and she's been slandered so much by the media but has never been weakened by it seems to come back stronger every time and seems to be able to do every single fucking genre as well yeah so, like yeah like taylor swift to me i don't really think of her as a singer and that's because i i sing and i'm like i don't really see her as a singer like we don't do the same thing right. but like that's not me disrespecting her. I just don't think that the label does her justice because her her pri honestly I think her primary appeal and her primary like the thing that she focuses on I don't think is the vocals. I think her thing is like the songwriting and you know the production and the the cherry on top is that she gets to perform her songs. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, okay. I because it's true. I Taylor Swift, she, she has, she, she can sing, she can hit notes, but it's not like, oh my God, that, did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's no, she's no Jennifer Hudson, but like, I don't think she's trying to be. So it's no, like, I, it's... I, I think so. And I think it's unfair though, to compare Taylor Swift to, to Jennifer Hudson or like Beyonce. Or, yeah. Or Which is why I say like, she, she's not she, trying to be a Jennifer exactly. Hudson. Um, and I mean, even to quote a Taylor Swift song, she says, I don't know, something about why are you all comparing us? We're, we're already, we all have crowns or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, because it's, it's true. Like, and we seem to, we seem to get all of these pop artists and compare them and be like, okay, so like Taylor Swift's hugely popular, but her voice isn't as good as Beyonce's, but like, I like Ariana Grande's music more than Beyonce's. So like, <laughs> let's try and rank them. <laughs> yeah. But they don't actually need to be ranked because they're all doing their own fucking shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. you're like, yeah. But I do think that we do need different labels because honestly, I don't yeah. think calling her a singer does her justice. Like she does so much more than that. And it's like the singing isn't really even the focus. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. It's always been the songwriting and that's what she's celebrated for. Um, and yeah, wait, I lost my track because I'm starting to Google about Taylor Swift and then getting distracted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, because she's uh, in Google, she's listed 
American singer. I just wanted to see what that was. Yeah. <laughs> Whether she would write singer-songwriter. But, I mean, she got her fame from from being a 16-year-old with a guitar and writing really honest songs. Yeah. Um, and she sustained that that fame by continuing, continuing being, I can't speak, but continuing <laughs> to be great at her, at her art. I yeah. don't think she's, she's, she's never released a flop album. Mm. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um, which is so impressive. Like even the best artists have like flop albums. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like. Um, yeah. So there, that's kind of like our discussion on, on like, our pop like queens and divas and all that. By the way, do you think Taylor Swift is a diva? Oh no, no, because like I still have this I- image of Mariah Carey in my head for a diva. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't think Taylor Swift has like the the drag or the fashion. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, to that's, be a diva. Yeah. Um, like yeah. I think her appeal is part of her appeal is that kind of like genuine, like that honesty of her songs. So there's no need to like. To, to dress it up with with all the theatrics in the world. Um, I think what, like, her appeal is that, um, particularly to, a, like, a lot of younger girls as well, um, is that, I don't know, she just speaks really well to to womanhood and to growing up and heartbreak. And I don't know, that doesn't need to be... Dr- dressed up in some sort of fierce outfit. Yeah. But also yeah. like the flip side of that is that I can see Adele being a bit of a, like, I, like, again, I don't say diva in a negative way. I, sometimes I think of Adele standing there in a beautiful, like floor length gowns, just belting out a tune. And I think, wow, that's a diva. Um, mm. And yet she doesn't dress everything up with theatrics either. She, she kind of, stands there park and bark you know like you you park your ass here and you you bark out the song uh, oh so my god there are which there is... are songs that i call park and bark songs and most of her songs are park and bark songs um, by probably... the way that is not that is not a bad word i love park and bark songs if i were to perform i would be a park and barker <laughs> oh my god i would be anything but a park and barker <laughs> that is probably why i am do not, li- <laughs> I don't listen to any Park and Barkers. I like Adele. I think her voice is beautiful, but I can't imagine myself going to an Adele concert. Oh, like I haven't been to an Adele concert, but honey, when- whenever I-, I feel like shit about my life, I put on some Adele and then I feel better. <laughs> oh yeah. She's fucking, yeah, she's fucking sensational. But what she's dropped off the, dropped off the game a bit. Not like just in terms of popularity. She was the shit in 2012. I mean, like the thing is that she, hasn't been releasing any new music. Like she recently went on SNL and people went like wild for her. But I think the the thing with Adele is that she took a lot of time off for a personal life. Um, and I think that that's totally fine. Um, mm. And I think what it's actually done is that it has made her fans go, oh my God, like we, we have to like, like we have to hear this next album. And like, here's the thing with Adele, right? She... In her first album, she was like, my boyfriend broke up with me. We were teenagers. It hurt me really badly. And everywhere in the world was like, your ex is an asshole. People in the UK were like, fuck this, this motherfucker. We're going to find him. Right? He was public <laughs> enemy number one. Now that she's divorced and she has kids, mama, best believe her next album is going to shake the world. People are going to be like, people are going to be like, wild being like who is her ex-husband like a google search results number one like do you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) which is interesting that they came to adele's defense so much but then recently there was a a photo like she like lost weight or something and that's all that people could fucking talk about um and it seems to particularly yeah for yeah female artists that it always does come down to the look um and for the guys it's just the music but you know the female singers, they have to look good. They have to sing well. They have to be good at performing. And fuck, there's so many more expectations. <laughs> yeah. It's um, it's a it's a lot, honestly. Um, oh, uh, also, who are you wearing? Who are you on wearing? The, on the red carpet. It's, it's, who are you wearing? It's not, <laughs> what are you here celebrating? It's not what, what you know, like, it's, it's not what were you most proud of this year. It's, 
Who are you wearing? <laughs> Which I don't. I never follow. Like, I never follow like red carpets or who's wearing what. Do you? Sometimes, if it's like a really sensational look, especially like for the Met Gala, mm. I'll be like, yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I just don't get much excitement from seeing what people wear unless I'm wearing it myself. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Um, I mean, like, look. But in t- like, I, don't, I wouldn't say that I'm, like, viscerally, physically, like, excited when I see the things that singers wear. Sometimes I'll just look at them and be like, that is a really cool idea. That is a really cool garment. Do you know what I mean? A garment. Garment, <laughs> darling. A garment, darling. In terms of, like, other, like, Park and Bark singers, not a Park and Barker, but Ed Sheeran is a stand and strummer. <laughs> Baby, no. Oh, my God. I Take I feel like... Yeah. <laughs> that is, if anything, is not my type of music. It is men with guitars. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um... The one exception to that, the the one, like, there are two male singers who I can tolerate. The first is Michael Bolton. Okay. Don't know any of his songs, but I've heard his name. Um, he, he's the one who sang, um, the, like, the album release version of the Hercules OST. Um, so not the original musical theater, like the, 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 the movie version, but like, you know how afterwards they always have like a pop singer who sings the OST, like how for Beauty and the Beast, it was Celine Dion. Oh, sorry. What's an OST? <laughs> um, official soundtrack. Oh, oh, okay. So what did he do? The, um, what he soundtrack? was, he was the pop, uh, he was the pop singer who sang the OST, like the, the album release version of the songs from Hercules. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, there you go. The the one um, with like the really raspy, rich voice that's just like, oh, like like step on my throat, daddy. Um, I'll give him a listen. <laughs> yeah. um, and the second one is this singer from Kazakhstan named um, Dimash Kuda version of, um, uh, sorry, Dimash Kuda version, um, who Kuda Bergen. I think, um, who, who is just insane. Like he's, he's an alien of a singer. Like his voice just does these in, insane acrobatics that you're like, are you even human? Um, so definitely check him out. Okay. Dimash is spelled D I M A S H. So literally like D I and then like mash potato, mash. like mash. Um, so okay. yeah, I will, I will try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his voice insane. The acrobatics insane. I just yeah, um, yes. But now that we have talked about our pop people, let's talk about the gays in their musical theater. Oh holy heck! This is where I can actually talk more knowledgeably. <laughs> Woo! Yes, this is the field that I am not as knowledgeable about because. To, but to be honest, I, would still end up being more knowledgeable than me somehow. <laughs> well, here's the thing: I don't think so because I don't like watch a lot of musicals and, and listen to a lot of musical theater because I'm aware of how racist that world is. I'm like, I don't want to support that. Um, mm. So yeah, like. It, it, feel free to, you know, take the reins on this one because I don't know that much about it. <laughs> I mean, we're kind of running out of time, but I mean, I think musical theatre is the best genre of music to listen to because the soundtrack is going to have an array of different genres within the album. Um, it's <laughs> like everything's different styled. You're getting a bunch of different people singing together, duetting. It is theatrical. It's fun. Oh my god! Like that is That's the sort true. of music I want to listen to, and I want to imagine myself on the stage performing it. That's why yeah. I listen to it. It's like That's... it's bubble. I like a bubbly musical. Yeah. I like a bottom feeder musical. <laughs> like not that Phantom of the Opera shit. Like I just want the <laughs> the cool cool stagecraft and the and the crazy yeah. tunes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like there is definitely a lot of stagecraft to to the Phantom of the Opera, like the set pieces. Amazing. Oh, but true. Like, I've not seen the Phantom of the Opera, so I actually have no idea about 
or what goes on, it's... apart from the fact that there's a huge fucking chandelier that falls. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> um, um, but musical theatre, I totally get you. Like, it is, it is so, like, it's so theatrical, so amazing. Also, like, a lot of the singing that goes on is just, like, gold standard singing because a lot of these singers have to perform, you know, eight shows a week. So exactly. Their so their their voices have to be in like tip top condition, which is which is such an insane pressure. Um, and I know a lot of them say like, you know, how do I get onto the stage? Because like, of course, I'm going to have a down day, and I'm going to miss a few notes. But and what's the pressure of being on Broadway? If you're paying for Broadway tickets, you're expecting to see a perfect musical, which is really why it shits me when they get like, um. St- when they star cast Broadway shows yeah. and they've just put celebrities in shows who can't sing just to sell tickets because that's like a huge thing with Broadway. Like otherwise, you know, they'll lose their space in the theater. Oh, um, yeah. So they'll just chuck cheap social media celebrities into the musical yeah. um, so that people come and they just fucking like they ruin the Broadway tickets. Yikes. <laughs> when, when Valentina was on rent and she gave like a bad performance. Oh yikes! Like, I didn't uh, she's in red. Yeah. No, but here's the thing. Like, from what I've heard from people who actually saw the show, Valentina was good at literally everything else. Like the acting, the 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 characterization, everything else, perfect. It was just the singing that really it got a little bit messed up well, and mangled. It's such a shame because, yeah, for someone like Valentina, she's a drag queen. That's what she's good at: theatrics and. Old drag queens almost like are perfect for a musical theater setting, but you need the singing as well, and yeah. that's what's shit about it because it's like all the gays they better cast Jan Sport theater. NYC, <laughs> right? So fucking throw her in musical theater then. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I I don't know. I that's why I don't know. Maybe they turn to drag instead because it's the theatrics, the performance, or <laughs> but you don't have to sing. <laughs> yeah. Which is but- why I'm like, oh, drag maybe. <laughs> Yeah, but also, like, the the problem for me, and again, this isn't Valentina's personal responsibility, and I don't think anyone should be, you know, burdened with this responsibility, but given the fact that drag queens aren't usually cast on Broadway shows, if one gets cast, then, and they do a bad job, suddenly I feel like that almost closes doors for other drag performers who would otherwise want to be on, on mm. Broadway. Um, mm. And again, like... That's not Valentina's personal responsibility. That's something to do with the industry. Um, and I don't think anyone should be burdened with that kind of responsibility. That being said, the good thing is she isn't the only drag queen on Broadway. We have people like Peppermint. Um, she's, you know, on Broadway. She, I what believe she was, was on Broadway for a bit. What show was she in? Honestly, can't remember. Um, yeah, I think there's an, there's a few other shows, I mean, apart from Kinky Boots that feature drag queens. Yeah. Um. But also, uh, one of my favorite shows as well is Everybody's Talking About Jamie. Mm. Um, if you've heard about that one, like that's about like a boy becoming a drag queen, um, like a schoolboy. It's really fucking, really fucking fun. Although it's kind of criticized for just kind of being like pop music in a in yeah. a musical. <laughs> <laughs> um, Moulin Rouge is coming to Melbourne next year though, so that's oh. kind of exciting. Gitchy, 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 Have you heard Patty LaBelle's version of it? I all these names you're throwing around, Joe. <laughs> Patty LaBelle is not just some name. Patty LaBelle is a legend. I. Even the legends, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, I am okay. going to have to introduce you to Patti LaBelle later. She's the one who sang the iconic Christmas, um, this Christmas, but then didn't know the words. And she was like, where my background singers at? <laughs> I don't even know that moment. Okay. Well, you are going okay, to, please. you are going to find out very soon because I will be showing I mean, you a video of that. Um, it's so insane because she doesn't know the words. Her background singers aren't there. The people who are supposed to be holding up the cards with the lyrics aren't there. Um, but she just ad libs a ton and just like gives a really fierce performance. <laughs> and I love that. It's I'm, so insane. I'm, 
And a performance that was probably never, like, going to be, like, that notable then became iconic. Yeah, and President Obama was sitting there, because at the time he was a president, he was sitting there in the audience enjoying the performance, and she goes, where my background singer's at? And then continues singing, like, she she says it to the to the rhythm of the song so that it doesn't inter- interrupt the flow of the song. <laughs> like, to me, Patti LaBelle is just, she's so good. <laughs> and you oh. know after that performance, because she's a diva mama, like, five people probably got fired. <laughs> That's so fucking sad. The, the lyric card card holders. Oh my god! It's like but, um, I don't even know the words this Christmas. I was like, yes, you oh, better get wait, it, Patty. Okay. I think I do know that song. <laughs> um, <laughs> another, yeah, of course. Another very similar thing is to musical theater is Eurovision, the theatrics yes. as well, but a pop con. Pop song contest with all the European countries. I've been obsessed for for like ages since like I was eight. Um, but to be honest, closer to Eurovision, we should probably do an episode on that. Definitely, and I know nothing about Eurovision, so I am ready for you to take the reins on that one and just like kind of like guide me through it. Be like, these are the people who you should like. These are the people who you should hate. These are like this is who got robbed. This is who didn't get robbed. <laughs> I mean, Dummy M, I think we can both agree that oh, was robbed. Yes, <laughs> Dummy M was so robbed. And the, here's the thing, people still remember her song to this day. Yeah. Like, I, I can remember her song to this day. If you asked me to sing the chorus, I could remember it. The person who won that year, Mama, I don't remember shit. Yeah, fuck, I I don't know. It was like 1974 or something, maybe 84. I don't even know how, the, I don't know the melody I don't know what fuck. <laughs> yeah. Also, but, apparently that song was political and they have a thing against like entering political Yeah, songs. because it was the Ukraine that won and it was something against yeah, Russia, the song. Yeah. So, but hey, it was in a different language. So <laughs> <laughs> you can hide more shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, we can totally save that for another episode because we are, we're well over an hour. So in terms of wrapping up, this music episode, um, we, we, I need, I've, all I'm realizing is that I need to become more educated in music. I thought I'd done a good job this year, <laughs> but I only did a good job in popular artists. <laughs> <laughs> um, so at least I'm there now, you know, yes. at least I know who Beyonce is now. <laughs> Ask me that last year. Like I'd be like, uh, sorry. Of course, I've not always known Beyonce, but I probably couldn't have named three songs. <laughs> um, but other- otherwise, enjoy your Spotify wrapped, which I... <laughs> <laughs> and don't feel so bad that your music taste isn't unique. <laughs> <laughs> Legit, like, yeah, um... Do I have anything that I want to say at the end? Honestly, no. Go and listen to music. Go and support Australian artists. Um, yes. Definitely. Yes, yes, yes. Also, um, any, like, up-and-coming artists who you're like, this person is talented, but, like, they're not getting the time of day, go support them. Especially, like, people of colour who are trying to make it in the entertainment industry. It's not easy. Buy um, their album, buy their merch, because that really helps out. Because streaming, like, artists don't make a lot of money from streaming. Yeah. Um it takes like 50,000 listens just for them to earn like a like $15 an hour or yeah. something. And and even then that's like that's very that's quite variable. So what happens with Spotify is the amount that you pay for your Spotify membership that gets divided into like a pot like that that gets divided like that gets thrown into a pot and then divided between the number of artists that you listened to uh that month. Are so you serious? It is, yeah, it is literally next to nothing. So unless you listen to one specific artist for the entire, the whole last month, like then that sounds like get... me. So I'm doing a good job. <laughs> You're like, to oh, Kate I've been Miller. supporting my artists because <laughs> I only listen. I only listen to them for a whole month. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I work. I do. <laughs> I find you one must album. be just like uh, an up and coming artist's like wet dream. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> you know, like in the Spotify rap, it's like you are this artist. Oh my god, I got in 0.5% of Lady Gaga fans. What? Um, did it? Did it tell you that? 
Um, I don't, I don't remember seeing it anywhere, but then again, I wasn't super concerned with my Spotify wrapped. I just saw like my, my top songs, my top artists and my top genres, because mm. like those were the ones that people were talking about. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't see anything like that on mine. <laughs> I'm honestly sus though, because it seems that everybody was top 0.5% of <laughs> some, well, someone. Here's, well, here's the thing, right? It kind of makes sense for a lot of people to be in the top something percent. Like, because uh, yeah. Gaga listeners, that's not even people who listen to Gaga specifically. That's people who probably heard like one Gaga song count towards that. Yeah. Yeah. You're um, right. So and, so, and so like of, of that pool, 0.5 is probably a lot of people. Yeah. And those are the gay Gaga fans. Exactly. Who just listen to her every day, and that's all. <laughs> yes. Hello. <laughs> yes. So to finish, support your artists. Buy their merch. Buy their albums. If you can't, then stream. I don't know. Like, uh, do what you can. I'm not gonna be like, oh, if you're if you're broke, then and you're not supporting artists, then you're a horrible person. No. Um, but you yes. Can enjoy music. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Enjoy um. your music. Support local artists and. Uh, enjoy.